Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Watcher, it's the second tier podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Tendai Derekwa to my Matty Cash. It's Justin Peach. Uh, I'm sort of mulling that one over because obviously Matty Cash has had a very good season, but Derekwa's got potential and you have potential. Thank you. Yeah, because I'm Matty Cash in this scenario, as we all know. Okay. Well, as you know, Justin, it's an international break. It's here to ruin all our lives once again. And. It means we haven't got any games to talk about in the championship this week. No, but it is the last international break, at least until March. So, Which is a massive positive because I've had enough of international breaks. There's too many, isn't there? Three in the first half of the season is pretty heavy going. In fact, because we've got a bit of time to kill, I'll run you through my proposal for the international break. Because I've mentioned this plenty of times in the past, but never on the podcast before. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is... The Euros in the future, they're getting bigger and bigger anyway, aren't they? Yeah. So, the big teams should just automatically go into the Euros. Because if there's more places, then they're going to get in there anyway. And there's just no point in doing qualifiers. So they go automatically. So how, but how do you categorise a big team? Because Holland, of recent years, have World completely rankings. tailed off. World rankings. So, yeah, but even that, so even those are... They automatically go in, and then if they're continuously bad at international tournaments then they fall down the rankings and they've got to get back up there it probably needs polishing but Fewer that's games, pretty much what the Nations League is but that's how it should be all the time because there's I, nobody wants to see England face Montenegro I don't know I like I'm one of those people that absolutely loves morale destroying wins for the other team yeah M- morale destroying losses a morale destroying win yeah, okay. is something spectacular. I'm not quite as sharp as I would be most Sundays because technically, you know, we've had a week off. You haven't had the football injected in you exactly. to like, keep you going. I've not watched Kosovo yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Well, if there is one thing about international breaks, Justin, it usually means a manager loses his job. In this case, it's Neil Warnock. He left Cardiff City mm. by mutual consent on Monday. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the thoughts... Of Justin Peach, I'm not surprised. I sort of said it last week, didn't I? Um, I sort, of, yeah. As I alluded to him being on a thin ice scenario, and that is probably the case. It's. I think it just got to a point where I think Neil Warnock pointed out it just wasn't quite working anymore. Um, he said that the the club probably needed a new voice, and that that probably probably is the case. Um, and they and they've got that Neil Harris, which is a, which almost a like for like appointment. It's Neil one point five, isn't it? The Lidl Neil Warnock. Yes, 
<laughs> we'll, we'll get on to Neil Harris in a sec, but this is something we've spoken about quite a bit recently, mm-hmm. whereas if it was a different manager to Neil Warnock, someone less experienced than him, yeah. then he'd probably be getting more criticism, but because it is Neil Warnock and he's a very well-respected manager at this mm-hmm. level, he probably wasn't getting the criticism that he deserved, because this season has been a massive underachievement so far for Cardiff, hasn't it? Because they spent a lot of money, yeah. they've kept the spine of that squad yeah. in the Premier League, who did quite well in the Premier League <coughs> last season. Mm-hmm. And it's just not worked out. They're not even in the top half at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's been a very, very poor season. And him leaving, it's hard to argue that it's a bad decision. Yeah, and going back to your point about Neil Warnock being Neil Warnock and that factor playing into it, it almost, you know, there wasn't a lot of criticism there for him and his team because he's Neil Warnock. However, you take... Obviously, taking him out of the factor, any manager in this position, who, Cardiff are a big club. I know they overachieved a couple of seasons ago and even last season, but they are a big club in the championship and they've got some talented players. So I think anybody else would have been sacked a lot sooner from this Cardiff team. If they're in the same position. If they're in the same position, yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, the Neil Warnock has gone. Neil Harris has mm-hmm. come in. Um, what were your initial thoughts when you heard Harris being linked with the job? Well, it's not like they can go out and get a possession football playing manager because the the, the players there aren't set up to play that style of football. So, it's, it, as I said at the start, it's almost like for like appointment. It's near one point five, the little the little Warnock. Um, and that's that's not a criticism. Neil Warnock was a very good manager. Um, and Neil Harris has displayed potential at Millwall. Perhaps again, similar situation at Cardiff. It just got to a point where it was time to move on. CCFC related on Twitter says it's the cheap option from the club and a slight lack of ambition. Could have gone with a young forward thinking manager, yet was stuck with Warnock 2.0. 1.5. 1.5. Well, Chris Hewton. Gareth Ainsworth, Tony Pulis, Lee Bowyer, they were all mentioned as potential replacements as no, well. No, not Pulis. And it's got to be said, you say, no, not Pulis, but Harris seems to be the worst option out of those five. Well, Chris Chris Hewton's turned down every single... Yeah, I think every club in the Championship has potentially gone to Chris Hewton and he's, turn, he's turned him down. He's, he's, it's widely reported that he's after a Premier League job. I don't think he'll get one. No, I don't think he will either. Um... Pulis hasn't done anything since you'd say that Stoke team not going to Europe. He's been stale since then. So that's a no-go for me. Gareth Ainsworth, yeah, but looking at Nathan Jones, he was an up-and-coming coach and he didn't work out at Stoke. And that's not to say it would work out at Cardiff, but it's a risk. What you're getting with Neil Harris is someone who's got experience in the Championship on a minute budget compared to Cardiff's and the quality of players aren't anywhere near the same not again not criticising Millwall he got a lot out of that Millwall side on free transfers and it wasn't until this season that he started spending a bit of money Neil Harris as a manager he nearly got Millwall into the playoffs mm-hmm. a few seasons ago didn't he but and he's done alright in the cup competitions as yeah. well but he doesn't inspire me at all and I do get what Cardiff <coughs> fans are saying in the way that this does seem almost a bit of a backward step for me, really. I, I, when you've got 
the Cowleys, for example, mm-hmm. um, I think there's quite a few fans of of clubs in the Championship yeah. who will look at uh, the Cowleys and think, oh, we could have had them mm. if we got rid of our manager yeah. sooner. So I can understand, but apart from the ones we've just mentioned, there aren't too many managers about, really, are there? Not, I, I, as I say, not for what Cardiff probably need. Because they need a manager who's familiar with the same, a similar style of football to to what Neil Warnock was was putting out. You can't go and get, for example, a Billich who's possession football in the Championship, or Bielsa who's high pressing possession football. You can't, you can't expect Cardiff players to do that. You know, I, God forbid, Aidan Flint has to play a high line. Um. So it's, it's, it is a light flight replacement. It's a it's a new it's a new voice, as we know. It's a manager who was widely regarded a season and a half ago. You know, he nearly got Millwall into the playoffs. I think give it time. You know, he's got January transfer window coming up as well to to add his own put his own mark on it. So Steve Morrison. <laughs> well, he's retired now. Getting back in. Getting back in. So I'll, we'll finish off Warnock then with. Two very simple questions. Could you see Cardiff getting in the playoffs this season? And do you think Neil Harris will be a success at Cardiff? Um, I think we can see him compete for the playoffs. Getting into the playoffs, I don't know at this point. It's it's early on and it's hard to tell with a new manager coming in midway through the season. I think Cardiff can be a success under Neil Harris. You know, looking at that Millwall team this season, they didn't concede a lot of goals. Take that Fulham result out of it, they didn't concede a lot of goals. That's that's a good start for them, and they've got the the players to score a lot more than that Millwall side. So, I, I can see it working out. I am not as optimistic as you. Mm-hmm. D- don't think okay. they'll. They definitely won't get in the playoffs this season. No, I don't think. I, at best, would expect them to maybe challenge for the playoffs. So all he's got to do is turn around the form and the championship's so tight at the top, isn't it? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, I can't see them being anything more than a playoff challenger under Neil Harris, though. Just because I'm fairly unimpressed with how he's done at Millwall. He's made them a better club than when he was there, than when he started, sorry. But overall, I'm not inspired by the selection but that's wrapping up Neil Warnock and what has been an interesting week for Cardiff City (laughs) Um, we'll get on to some more news in a bit because it is an international break we are going to do a QA, and a Justin how exciting we've had loads of questions sent in loads more than I was expecting so if we don't answer your question then I can only apologise we'll start off with this one from Liam who do you believe are the best-run club in the Championship? I saw this one and it immediately got me thinking because my first thoughts go to Brentford and the way they recruit, the way their youth teams are set up. So they don't have a uh, a conventional youth side. They have a B team and they recruit players 16 onwards, I think. I think they still got kids' teams, but yeah, they recruit 16 onwards. So, and that's, you know, they're a London club, so it's going to be hard to compete with the bigger London clubs in the area um, for, for youth prospects so that you know immediately I think Brentford and obviously the the buying and selling aspect that they have 
Um, and then I think they buy, you know, they've they've put a big budget out there this season. So I think I might edge towards Preston. Preston's recruitment strategy has been revolutionary. They've 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 signed low value players, and that that stock for those players is now it, it might be at, it high, at its highest for some of them. You know, you're looking at Sean Maguire and Alan Brown, who were recruited from the Irish leagues, amongst others. And amongst that, there are a couple of young players coming through, like Ben Pearce. Well, not young, but they brought him young, Ben Pearson. I think it was Josh Harrop. And um, there's another one that's going to escape me, Tom Bayliss, who, who's not quite been there this season, but he, he, you know he's well on his way. So I think I edge towards Preston. They've done it on a tiny, tiny budget. Yeah, you picked the exact two clubs I was thinking yeah. of. Really. I mean, once upon a time, this used to be Middlesbrough, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> nothing's really changed. It's still Steve Gibson in charge. Yeah. Maybe he's got a bit distracted by other clubs spending in the championship. Ooh. But he, it's weird how Middlesbrough have gone from being one of the best-run clubs to what they are now, and mm-hmm. that's not a great state. But yeah, Brentford and Preston were the two who stood out for me. Brentford probably just edge it because their transfer policy is... Yeah spot on and they they buy very very well mm. there aren't too many bad transfers out no. of Brentford and um, yeah as you mentioned the youth side of things as well is also very impressive a, a worthy mention is QPR since 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 the financial mess they were in in terms of overspending they've they've cut back I think it's less Ferdinand Chris Ramsey is still there as well um, and the way they're, they're now structured is going to, going to serve them well in the in the future. Mm. Well, they're definitely focusing on youth. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's also a good shout. Daniel on Twitter says, it costs £30 for a ticket to Fulham away. Surely ticket prices have to be looked at. What do you make of them? <laughs> this bit, it's been an argument for years, hasn't it? Well, Since th- the 20th plenty campaign. It's, it was at one point a really hot issue mm-hmm. and it looked like something was going to be done. But in the past two years or so, it seems to have all gone quiet and we just seem to accept <clears throat> that ticket prices at this level are ridiculous. Yeah, you sort of, when you realise you've got to pay 40, £42 to get into Chef Wednesday in what is a pretty run-down ground, no disrespect. <laughs> I that, don't, th- don't think that was necessary. Th- but no, the, the, the away end is is pretty pretty run down and it's the same with the Leeds away end as well you know the two away ends that have not had any care and attention for for a while now and does, you, does that matter you when you pay for your ticket how nice the away end is no but you ex- you expect just not like bird shit on the seats or anything <laughs> do you know what I mean carry on so you, you're paying that much money to go and see Championship football. This it's not Premier League football. You're not again. I'm not trying to undersell the Championship because it is really competitive league. It's why we do the podcast because of how interesting it is. But you're not seeing the likes of Guardiola City, are you? Every every week. It's not. It's not a premium. It's not premium football. I know Leeds fans might argue that Belsa Ball is, but and you, you, there is a, there is a case for an argument there. But I don't want to. I don't want to pay in excess of. 20, 25 quid for a ticket. Mm. I think the one thing in particular is how it all adds up at the end of the day. Exactly. So if you 
buy a ticket for yourself, mm-hmm. then you've got to travel there. Maybe you want some refreshments or something. Maybe yeah. you might even have to stay there. And it very quickly is topping 100 quid yeah. at the end of the day, isn't it? And that's even if you're going by yourself. If you've got to pay for a family or yeah. something like that, then it becomes very expensive just to support your team. And it's it's discouraging people from going to games, isn't it? Well, it's, obviously, I've seen a few Derby fans complain um, going to home games because for a family of four, it can cost an excess of 100 quid just to go and watch them. And again... You want to you want to bring kids to it. There, there's been a couple of initiatives in the lower leagues, in leagues one and two. I think Arkton Stanley um, and Morecambe, they they do like a pound a ticket for under tens. That is the only way you're going to get a new generation of football fans come through. It's cheaper tickets. Mm. You know, I've no idea how my my dad was able to afford sending not sending but bringing me my sending <laughs> sending us to the football forcing us to watch Derby <laughs> County. Yeah, I've no idea how my dad was able to afford it and. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. So I pay for myself, but it's it's too expensive for families and and young. A lot of football fans are younger now. You and know. one of the best bits about following your team is being able to go to these different grounds and explore new places, isn't it? Yeah. And away ticket prices, in particular, are horrendous. That yeah, yeah, they're extortionate, and that's my main gripe. And I feel like something does need to be done about it. Mm. But I mean, as you mentioned, there was. There was one season, wasn't there, where ticket prices I think were capped at twenty quid for away games, but that only seemed to last. I think that was just in the Premier League because they still do it now. I know. Was it in the Premier League? Yeah, I, I think um, Southampton at a point the sponsors Virgin at the time were capping away tickets at twenty pound, mm. and um, I know I can't remember exactly how many clubs do the initiative, yeah. but they have capped the, the away tickets at twenty pound. Yeah. Something needs to be done about it, but we'll have to see if anything does ever get done about mm-hmm. it. Bur Ram on Twitter says, Would you rather have eyes for nipples or nipples for eyes? Oh, you want to be able to see, so eyes for nipples. Does that mean yeah, you have... Yeah, that's a good point. So if you had nipples for eyes, you just wouldn't be able to see. No. And I like seeing, so yeah, yeah we'll definitely go with nipples for eyes. No, eyes for nipples. Yeah. Sam on Twitter says, Great to hear you guys are both firmly aboard the Nottingham Forest bandwagon. Curious to know whether you're aboard the Ben Watson bandwagon <laughs> after your scepticism <laughs> about him at the beginning of the season. Whose scepticism? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think when I remember watching, it was Forest v West Brom, first game of the season. Yeah, yeah. And I think. West Brom won 2-1 that's right yeah Forest I know they got a goal back but they never looked like they were anywhere near West Brom it wasn't a great performance and I remember criticising the Forest selection in particular Ben Watson Mm -hmm. but he does bring experience to that Forest team doesn't he and that's really what you need an experienced head especially in the position that he plays in winning the ball back in midfield Mm -hmm. so yeah I think maybe I do need to get aboard the Ben Watson bandwagon. Yeah. Because he has probably been, oh, I was going to say the standout player, but there's been a lot of standout players for Forest this season. I'd say one of the standout players. I think, especially about Michael Dawson in that side. I know he's been injured. Yeah. Ben Watson knits together that, that side. You've got players, the, the, the squad at Forest is huge, so the rotation aspect with each week is going to be, there's going to be a lot of changes. 
And Ben Watson has been a mainstay this weekend, this weekend, um, this season. <coughs> Maybe this weekend as well. I mean, there haven't been any games this weekend, but he might have been in a practice game. You never know. Yeah. Um, so he's he's been as vital to Forest form this season as any other player in that side. Without him, I don't think Forest will be as high as they are. Mm. It's a very fair argument to be made, though. They don't really have too many other options, even though their squad is as big as as big as it is. Liam Bridcott's still there, right? Flipping out. He's at Bolton now, isn't he? Yeah, the, I forgot he existed yeah. until that very moment. <laughs> Sarah on Twitter says, who do you think will make up the top six come New Year's Day? I don't know why she's asked New Year's Day. Wouldn't you just ask end of the season? I think there's a case where teams that are sort of in that top eight aspect come New Year's Day tend to almost be there, stay there till the end of the season with little rotation. Do you want to answer that then or do you want to answer who you think will be in the top six at the end of the season? It depends if fans of those clubs want them want their side to finish in the top six because if I predict that they will, they won't. Okay. I predicted Cardiff to finish top and look where they are. Well, that was because... I'm a poison chalice. Don't bring yourself down like that, mate. I, okay. I think you're all right. I'm about to ruin everybody's season. Okay, go for it. Uh, so I think my, my top two, I, I think it will be Leeds West Brom. I think Preston will finish third and Brentford will finish fourth. Okay. And in the other two places, I will put in Bristol City and Forest. No Fulham? I don't. I think they should have made a change by now. Ooh, okay. If they want to stay there. I, I think would, an inexperienced manager is going to hinder them. I season. would go if I had to put my... If I had to put money on it, I'd probably go West Brom top, Preston second, Leeds third, Naughty. Brentford Leeds fourth, third. Fulham fifth, Forest sixth. Do you think Leeds will struggle to get into the top two? I just think it will see a repeat next season, uh, last season, sorry, where know. they struggle to finish off the chances. I know it's been a case this season, but especially the last few games, it's, it's completely reversed. They're, they're starting to pick up wins now. For me, I, at I this very moment, it. the top three are in a bit of a different, I wouldn't say different league, but they're better than yeah. the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's going to be one of those three. Preston, you've got to have concerns whether they will stay the season, but I think they will, because mm-hmm. I think they're just a very good unit at the moment. So, yeah, I'd go Preston finish in the top two and then Leeds third. That's interesting. Personally. Even though, even though I do think Leeds should be getting promoted automatically, you they just to, let themselves down. We're, coming up, we're coming up to January and they got linked with a hell of a lot of players mm. in the summer. So I think, we can see, I think we'll see a bit of movement coming in in the January transfer window. This ties in nicely to our next question. Oscar, will Bristol <coughs> City get promoted or bottle it again? Oh, they'll bottle it again. Oscar is a Bristol City fan. Yeah. Do you think so? You didn't put them in your top six, did you? Or did you? Um, I did. I've put yeah, them fifth, sixth, or fifth. I put them fifth. So you think they'll we'll get in the playoffs? Yeah, no, I, th- I think they will because they're gonna they're gonna bring in a striker in January transfer window, which is sort of what they've missed since Afobi got injured. Hmm. I know he got injured quite a while ago, and they, they have been picking up results, but they haven't looked as dangerous as they have, especially away from home since then. Yeah, I've got concerns about Bristol City's injury problems because if they had everyone fit throughout the whole season, they probably 
would break into that top six, but probably comfortably. I wouldn't go as far as comfortably, mm. but they they definitely have to give themselves a better chance because the injury problems have really ravaged them. Yeah, they need someone prolific. I think Vyman's too in and out of form. Jeju's not that prolific. A phobia, I think, was the answer because we know what player he can be. Mm. Unfortunately, that's not been the case. So if they spend four or five million on a on a decent striker, even bring one in on loan, I think I think we'll see them get into the top six. And I, I, losing the playoffs isn't bottling it, it's progress for Bristol City because they've not been near that yeah. for, for what, 10, 10, 11 years since Windows put them out in the final. Callum on Twitter asks, player of the season so far? That's an interesting one because there are so many players. Mm. I thought about this and a, a straightforward answer would be Alexander Mitrovic just because he... Mm in terms of quality, is clearly too good for the Championship and yeah. shouldn't be playing at this level. No. Top scorer. And even though Fulham haven't been great, they clearly um, rely a lot on Mitrovic mm. and his individual quality. Yeah. My other option was going to be <coughs> a bit of a cliche answer in Eberechi Eze, mm-hmm. in the way that we weren't expecting him to be as good as he has been this season because no. he towards the end of last season he was in and out of the team a bit wasn't he but this season he's come on leaps and bounds and is well, statistically the best player in the league according to whoscored.com yeah. and in terms of what he brings to that QPR side going forwards is second to none it's an interesting argument I think Eze would be an easy answer yeah <laughs> Um, I might go slightly left field of mine. I, I think Jared Bowen. He's a, he's a. I think he's a country mile ahead of any other wide player in this league. Mm. Um, that's discounting Watkins because he's now a striker. Okay. <laughs> um, so no, I think Jared Bowen's quite easily the most dangerous player in this league, and I think in terms of value, he's probably the best asset in the league at the moment because mm. he's at a good age. His record's ridiculous, and he's. Out of contract in the, in the summer. Yeah, fair point. I like Remain a lot on Twitter. Asks, is that his Twitter handle? It's his name on Twitter. That's very really confusing. Is a calzone a sandwich? <laughs> I saw this and I immediately what's up with you? It's, it's a, a pasty. It's a pizza. It's a pasty? pasty. Okay. It's a pasty. It's a pastry and it's folded up with a filling inside. It's got to be a pasty. Calzone's a folded up pizza, isn't it? I know, but then it... It, be- it creates a pasty. Does it? Or surely, yeah, because it's because the base is pastry, isn't it? No, pe- a pizza base is bread. Uh, wait a minute. Have you ever had a calzone? Before? Oh, I have. <laughs> it's not a pastry. I don't know why I said it was a pastry. I've completely just debunked my own argument. Yeah. I wouldn't say it is a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. Because it's a pizza, and pizza's not a sandwich. Yeah, but it's, you can have the same argument about a hot dog. No, because it's bread with filling in it. So is a calzone. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) This is hurting my head. Joe on Twitter asks, most unappreciated manager in the league? Oh. um, That's interesting. Shall I give you my thoughts while you have a a little think about it? I went with Steve Cooper because of Mm. how he's taken... Uh, Swansea team have lost loads of their key assets this season. Yeah. 
sure in terms of the underlying data they're not performing too well mm-hmm. but what he's done with this Swansea team I mean the fourth in the league at the moment he's done a sterling job he's mm-hmm. carried on what uh, Graham Potter did last season yeah done a fantastic job but yeah I have to agree with that I think I think probably maybe both Thomas Franks and Grant McCann are good shouts. See, I was thinking Thomas Frank, but then I thought, the quality he's got in that squad, maybe they should be doing a bit better. Perhaps, but it's a hard... I guess it's a bit of a tricky act to follow. He's he's not got much managerial experience, I don't think. He he was a coach at Brentford, so he's promoted from within. Yeah, he had a spell at uh, Scandinavia beforehand, I think. Okay. Off the top of my head. Um, who was the other one you said? Grant McCann. Maybe, because yeah. even, even we've given him some stick and mm. we expected Hall to struggle and he's got he's got them to mid-table and he's definitely getting the best out of that. I say front three, but mainly Bowen and Grisicki. And he, he, you know, he, he's brought Kevin Stewart out of the woodwork as well. Yeah, I think that's actually a, probably a very good shout. The real test of how good a manager he actually is will be if they lose Bowen in January. But yeah... Maybe we have been a bit harsh. On oh, yeah, definitely. Grant. Let's move on then to our next question. Ben on Twitter says, You seem like guys that would have played some football manager in your time. What's your favourite slash greatest football manager achievement? <laughs> Don't spend too long on this place. No, no, I won't. So basically, I had an MK Don save. Football manager 2010 was my favourite football manager. I had an MK Don save and I had Leroy Rossini as my assistant. I then got sacked, and you remember the Football League show? Yeah. Um, so he, he, Leroy Rossini used to sit with Manish Bissina. Okay. And do punditry. I then tweeted Manish Bissin, don't trust Leroy Rossini, he's a snake, he'll take your job. Because he took my job. <laughs> and then he tweeted back. <laughs> Who, Leroy? Uh, no, Manish Bissin, something about spilling tea. Because I said, I hope he spills tea. Down him because he was drinking a tea at the time. This is the weirdest bit of so, internet trolling I've ever heard in my life. But basically, you know, just to get him to acknowledge the fact that Leroy did did me did me bad. Did you dirty? Yeah. Is a fairly what, good. Why achievement. is this your favourite football manager save? Oh, achievement moment. I, I savoured that because it was like the the depth of my bitterness, and it sort of. It helped me grow as a human being. Mine would be taking crew to the Champions League final. I got Barnsley to the Premier League on Football Manager 2019, which I was quite happy with. What's the best you've done? League 1 to Premier League? Oh, no, no, League no. 2 to Premier League? Um, going way back, I did a Rotherham save. OK, fair enough. I, um, I've tried to do non-league to the Premier League, but it's hard. It is hard getting out the National League. Because there's only two places, isn't there? Yeah. And quite often the teams I pick are part-time compared to <coughs> all the bloody full-timers. Ugh, who don't think they are. Spenders. Where are we? Philip on Twitter says, Worst league prediction so far? Cardiff's finished top. Charlton finished bottom wasn't great. Oh, <laughs> both said no, that. because everybody said it. Everybody across the yeah. football league world said this. It's because Charlton had a squad of about 14 at the time. Yeah. They lost their best players. Maybe we're being a bit harsh on ourselves, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we, we got a lot of criticism from Charlton fans for saying that. Yeah. But we did predict that when they 
had, as you mentioned, half a squad. Yeah. And they hadn't signed a lot of their best they, players. They released Johnny Williams as well, and then they only resigned him until, I think, what, a week or so before the season started. Yeah. And this was before they got Conor Gallagher. I think they had Cullen, Conor Gallagher at the time. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, we didn't know who he was. True. Exactly. <laughs> Cullen, Lacko. Yeah. All those players weren't yeah. there, were they? KL, Hamed. Yeah. They signed a lot of players towards the end of the transfer window. Yeah. So maybe that wasn't a bad prediction, but Cardiff finished top wasn't great. And that was mine, so I, I, I fully admit I... Who else did I have? I'd stoked to finish. QPR finishing the bottom three wasn't uh, fantastic. But, I mean, it's not going great at the moment, but we'll wait and see. Their defence will definitely finish in the bottom three. I, I don't... QPR won't finish. They won't get relegated this season because there were some really poor teams in the Championship. They lose easy in January. Mm, they... Might slide down the table a bit further. Well, the, the, I said that, um, last week that there's been talk about Wells going, being transferred somewhere else. Mm. So I know he, I know he's enjoying his time there, but that's always that might that's that's a risk. So if they lose his goals, they've got Hugo and me. Yeah. Yeah. Tom on Twitter says, "When will you come to the idea that a hot dog isn't a sandwich?" Never. I'll I'll I have it on my grain, gravestone. Are you fighting this corner now as well? I thought you were going to throw wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. A hot dog is a sandwich. Yeah, it is, isn't uh, it? Yeah, I'll never come to the conclusion that it isn't. Yeah. I thought you were, like, just not on this bandwagon at all. Hot dog is a sandwich? Yeah. I brought this to your attention. You brought it to my attention. You asked the question. And then I yeah. made a very good argument for it, yeah, which I then. cannot be bothered to go into once again. No, but I was fully on board with it. I am on board with it. I'll remain on board with it until... Forever. <laughs> Connor on Twitter says do you think like I that give Koku another season and the Rams will turn into prime Barcelona what prime Barcelona is Guardiola's Barcelona right I think he's basically asking do you think Derby will be good next season I think they'll be better okay I don't think it's hard to see if they'll be top six quality again because they, they've got a lot of quality to replace you got players in there at the moment like Dwayne Holmes who are just underperforming and they shouldn't really be but then again you take into consideration that he was less than a million pounds signing from Scunthorpe United perhaps he is at his best at the moment um, they've got some talent coming through we've got players like Sibley Jason Knight um, Morgan Whitaker as well they're, they're good players good young players and I think if they get breaded in, into the squad this season, they'll blossom next season. But as I say, it's hard to see if they'll be even better next season. I, this Koku side is going to be a long-term project over three, four years. Yeah. There, there's some gaps that need filling at Derby. Massive, aren't there? Massive I mean, gaps. Goalkeeper in particular. Centre-back as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I presume Davis is out of contract at the end of this season, yeah. is he? Clark is only on loan. Yeah. There isn't any other centre-backs, no. which is an issue. Yeah. Then you have the midfield. The midfield's looking all right with Rooney coming in. Who knows what's going to happen there? The striker position's a big concern for me because you've got three strikers at the moment who aren't in form, really. The, the one thing Derby need is a creative player. I know they've been Rooney sort of linked with that Acosta from DC United because of Wayne Rooney, but I don't think this. Will, I don't think that will happen. No. Um. But they are they are missing a creative player, and there's there's plenty down in the lower leagues that they can pick up for a lower a smaller fee and 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 
bring them on. Don't sign any Peterborough players, for God's sake, because <laughs> Darren McAnthony just slaps on an extra £6 million. <laughs> Anyone who buys a Peterborough player overpays. Craig McHale Smith costs £3 million for Brighton. OK. What about a Sambalonga? He cost £7 million, didn't he? Who else have they had? Jack Marriott. Jack Marriott. Overpaid for him as well. They, they've had some... They've had a long list of strikers. I'm trying to f- remember who else they had. I can't think uh, no, of something. Anyway, that, that's beside the point. Yeah. My point is, there are a lot of players in this Derby team who you'd expect next season to get better. I'm talking Bielik, Lowe, Bogle, those kind of players. They're players who are still young and you'd expect them at some point to really kick on. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a decent spine of Bielik again, Shinny, Rooney, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if, I don't know what state Rooney is going to be in when he uh, eventually comes in the championship, whether he'll be absolutely world-class or just another player. We'll have to wait and see. We've, but... we've, we've been here before when Ed Cadavage joined Palace. So. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> yeah. But the striker situation needs sorting out because none of them are in form. Mm-hmm. Marriott has the potential to be a very good player at this level, but he does have a tendency to drift in and out of games. Lawrence, again inconsistent could do with mm-hmm. sorting that out and then the centre-back situation and the goalkeeper situation a bit concerning Leeds That which is a Leeds podcast is asking goal of the season so far <sighs> Corley would drive for me Tom Eaves Fulham Tom Eaves oh okay <laughs> <laughs> where he was falling yeah, over he fell into it yeah um, the Corley what which Corley would goal that Corley would goal oh, okay, one where he flicked over his head and volleyed it into the top bin is one of the best goals I've ever seen in the championship, I think. It's if if it was ten or fifteen yards further out, it'd be almost Ruben Neves esque, wouldn't it? Would it would be the what's the Puskas Award? The goal of the year award. If he's not in the nomination, Reading's Puskas. What? Reading's Puskas. Yeah, that Puskas. That's exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. If he's not in the FIFA Puskas goal of the year award, it's got to be though. The Mason Bennett one, you could argue, could have won it last year. He didn't mean it, though. I know he didn't, but for the, for this sake, for, for argument's sake, he did. He didn't get anywhere near it, did he? But no, he, no one. Unfortunately, FIFA don't care about second tier football, and that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this podcast. We're campaigning to get Corley Wardrow's goal. Oh, screw it. Yeah, go we'll on. do it. Barry on Twitter says, "How many championship clubs will Gary Monk manage?" How many has he done so far? There's Swansea, Leeds, Borough, Birmingham. Oh my God, Chef Wednesday's on five. <laughs> That's more than a fifth of clubs in the league. <laughs> I can I can see him doing a West Brom stint in a few years. He's only forty. <laughs> oh my God! So I'm fairly confident he can get through all of them before he retires. So let's say he's not been at a club for longer than two years. I don't think, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's good. I don't think he's been at a club for more than a season. Yeah, he's never Birmingham. lasted. He's never lasted a full season. He was at Birmingham for the whole last season. Then he was. He oh, joined, okay. Yeah. He's never started a new season with a man. Uh, oh no, don't matter. Do you think he can manage every club in the championship? I think he can. That'd be hard going, because that that's if the current state of the championship remains the same for the next twenty four years. If he gets through half of them by the time he's 50, I'm, I'm fairly confident. Is it? Is it? 
a bold prediction. I don't think he'll be managing in the championship by the time he's 50. Ooh. Right, you think he's going to be in the Premier League? Oh, no. <laughs> and finally, Nick on Twitter. This is Nick who sometimes oh, Nick. steps in. Our Nick. <laughs> steps in for either one of us when we can't do the podcast for whatever reason. Nick asks, in the Toy Story universe, are sex toys also alive? I don't think so because they're just devices, aren't they? Thanks for bringing down the tone of the show, Nick. Ugh, Nick. I would say no, because all the toys in the Toy Story universe have faces. Mm, wow, the sex toys don't, unless you're into some interesting stuff. Justin, I understand you have some questions. Yep, I had a couple of questions come in. Do you want? No, I'm trying to scroll through and find them now. Nick again asked, is a hot dog a sandwich? I think we've covered this. Yes. We're passionate about this one. Um, you should have wrote these down, really. Yeah, I know, I should have. Uh, QPR cast um, sent in, will Eze finish the season with the highest play rating? So will he be player of the season? On who scored, did they mean? Well, yeah. Probably, I guess. He clearly is the kind of player who suits the who scored statistics mm-hmm. ratings. So, yeah, why not? He's got the talent to do it. Can we move on? I say I had questions, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Justin. (laughs) Let's move on to the other news from this week. There's been quite a bit going on, even though it's the international break. We'll start off with Barnsley and their managerial situation. They've supposedly had talks with Austrian side Wolfsberger AC over their manager... Gerhard Struber, which is a fantastic name. It's very German. Wolfsberger are third in the Austrian Bundesliga or in the Europa League at the moment. Why anyone would leave their job to go to Barnsley, I have no idea. It's a bit of a poison chalice at the moment, isn't it? Well, Price Football, Kieran Maguire, said that they're not in the best position financially, which is why they took the money and ran. Because let's be honest, they could have got a lot more money for Pinnock and Lindsay. They were sold quite low. So in that sense, you'd sort of think, is it the best job going at the moment? No. They should have kept Stendhal for a start, shouldn't they? Yeah. If if I was Barnsley at this moment in time, I'd keep it simple, just stick with Adam Murray for the rest of the season. I can't see any manager keeping this Barnsley side up at this point in time, which is pretty damning to say, even though we're, what, a third of the way through yeah, the season. Yeah. I can't see any manager keeping this Barnsley side no. up. Stick with Adam Murray. Give him a season to just stabilise the club. Mm-hmm. Go into League One next season and have a good crack and come back stronger. Yeah, they're, they're, they're setting the reset button again, aren't they? Because they did it um, when they last went down. They brought in Stendhal, set the reset button, went again. They were brilliant last season. Recruitment let them down in the summer and that's why they are where they are. Mm. Sheffield Wednesday have been charged with misconduct by the EFL after selling Hillsborough to their owner, Defon Chanziri, to try to avoid breaking spending rules. Yeah, so I'm not an accountant, but Christ alive, it's like one of the stupidest things I've seen from a club selling their ground in 2018 but putting it in their 2019 accounts. Is that right? No, selling it in 2019, putting it in their 2018 accounts. Right, okay, I'm with you. Either or, it's, it just doesn't... I mean, you're not going to pull the wall over the eyes that much. So is that why they've 
been punished that's for why, it that's, when Derby, Villa and Reading have yeah, also done the same pretty thing. much. Right, okay, I'm with you. Because they did it. They did a shit job of it, pretty much. Fair enough. Wednesday, say they will vigorously defend themselves. This is the transfer section, Justin. The Mirror are reporting that Manchester United are monitoring Matthias Pereira, who's on loan at West Brom from Sporting Lisbon. Would be good to see him in the Premier League, wouldn't it? With West but Brom. With West Brom, preferably, <laughs> because the Pereira thing's interesting because he is too good for this league, isn't he? And I don't really know why he has moved to the championship. Manchester United? No. Seems a big old step it's, that, doesn't it? It's paper it? thought, let's be honest. He, he's not like, he, he's 23, so it's not like he's a teenager who's destroying the championship, is it? Well, there's that, but as I say, it's paper talk. Unless it comes from the mouth of John Percy, I, I don't believe it. Fair enough. The BBC <laughs> say Dundee United will not consider any bids for striker Lawrence Shankland in January. He's been linked with Forrest, amongst mm-hmm. others. A ridiculous scoring record in Scotland. He got 34 goals in 41 games last season for air. And then this season, he has 17 goals <coughs> in 13 games. He's also broke into the Scotland side despite being in the Scottish Championship and he's only 24 years old. Who was the last person to come from there? Was it Jason Cummings? That one went well. But Shankland's scoring record, you he provide a good competition for Graben, wouldn't he? I mean, as a backup, it might work, but I'd I'd go for someone else if I was Forrest. I don't, I wouldn't. Again, no disrespect, but it's a Scottish Championship. It's nowhere near the level... Forest playing at right now mm-hmm. at the age of 24 as well and he's still playing in the Scottish Championship I know he's come from the lower leagues he said he scored a lot of goals for Air United but I'm not buying that no way I'm going to save this recording of you saying that and he'll amount to nothing maybe use it in a couple of years time well <laughs> when he lifts the FA Cup with Forest, <laughs> the Sun are reporting Matty Cash to Everton uh, why are you reporting paper talk we're, this is only the interesting ones who I've spotted. Okay, twelve million pounds. I mean, Forest might be in a position to have to sell because they spent a lot this summer, and we know financially, from a financial fair play perspective, they might they might be in a a bit of trouble. Surely they'd want to keep hold of him though if they want to get into the Premier League. I don't. They won't sell anyone who's prime, who's a, who's a regular starter in their uh, in their squad. In, in January transfer window, that, that their their squad their squad seems to be settled at the moment, which is weird. I think they'll just go about selling fringe players. It'd be an, it'd be a weird move, wouldn't it? Because I don't really think Everton need a new right back, do they? They've got Seamus Coleman, got Mason Holgate is back up. They've got Sidibe and Sidibe as well. John Joe so, Kenny out alone yeah. again. It's just paper talk. Yeah. Bristol Post, this is the final one. Bristol Post are reporting several Premier League clubs are looking at Josh Brownhill. I'm not surprised. Good season, aren't he? Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a good player. He's got all the attributes to be a top, top player. Do you think he would go straight into a Premier League side? I think he would. I think he, I think he could, yeah. Again, he's, he's, you know, he's quite a big player. You know, phys- Physically, he's, he's, he's imposing. He's got good feet. He can score goals. And he's captain at Bristol City. There you go. Former Reading manager Jose Gomez has a new job. Okay. He's the new boss at Maritimo in Portugal. Cool. Excited? Buzzing. It means he won't be linked with any more championship jobs, which is always a positive. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Well done. 
in a couple of years' time, we'll just forget he ever existed, won't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be one of those Wikipedia. It, you know, it might even feature on another quiz section. Maybe. Uh, Philip Cocu, just talking about him, has mm-hmm. been linked with the final job. Again, I think it was Ryan Conway, um, who reports for Derby for the Athletic. Yeah, he mentioned that final fans don't like him. And the only link there is there is that he worked previously with the technical director. Yeah, because they've got a new one. So I I can't see it happening. I mean, a recent interview again with with Cocky, I think it was with John Percy actually, said how deep he is into into the football club. So he's sort of setting up um, the style of football and the philosophy right down to the under 13s So I think he's in it for the long term. The interesting aspect of it is if Philip Cocu doesn't work out at Derby, they have given him a big contract, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I think it's three years, four. which is four years, yeah. which is long for a manager. Mm-hmm. And he's on a lot of money. So if it doesn't work out, it's going to cost a hell of a lot to sack him. So him moving wouldn't be a bad result for Derby no but I think if it goes well he's a manager that's got a big enough reputation to attract a, a big offer and Feyenoord who recently had the app stand didn't they mm. that didn't work out so I think they will probably go elsewhere the Killers will be playing at Ashton Gate and Riverside Stadium next June you don't look too excited Justin maybe you should no, I am. smile I'd... like you mean it <laughs> get in the bin <laughs> And finally, the noises we find the most annoying have been revealed. To your voice. Loud chewing and gulping. <laughs> Loud chewing and gulping were closely followed by people sniffing or coughing. I do that a lot. I've got a cold at the moment, so I I've done that a lot. I and... found gulping annoying. I don't do that, no. I'm sniffing and coughing. I gulp loudly, but I can't do anything about it. You could take smaller mouthfuls. The other suggestion I was going to make for most annoying noise was the Millwall groan. Uh... <laughs> I've never heard this. Yes, you have. What? Well, when, whenever Millwall play and the fans go, uh... I've been to Millwall twice. I've never heard that. You are. I can't. No, the you, you have. Let's do some polls, Justin. At the start of the episode, we asked you three questions. They are. First of all, does something need to be done about ticket prices in the championship? Yes. Guess which way this one went. Ninety-three percent yes. Ninety percent. I want to meet saying no? the ten percent of people who said no. Bloody wealthy people. Like, the chairman of the championship <laughs> clubs, the EFL. Yeah. All saying no. Will Neil Harris be a success at Cardiff? I I think it's going to be a close one, but I think it will be. So I'm on that. I'm on that boat. Seventy nine percent said no. What do they know? Harsh. And finally, should we stop asking if a hot dog is a sandwich? I think people want us to talk about it. Seventy percent said yes. Okay, all right. So we'll, the, we'll put that one to bed. People have spoken. Great <laughs> <laughs> Bryson Pub Quiz, Justin. This Ooh. is the part of the show. <clears throat> Justin has a mystery championship legend yes. who will have made at least 200 championship appearances mm-hmm. and have played relatively recently. Justin, give me a clue, please. So, this is a legend. Is it? This is a legend. I love this player. Lee Camp. No. Damn. 
that counts as my first. Yeah, it does. But the first clue is always I made 269 appearances, scoring 73 and assisting 18. So well done, Lee Camp, for scoring 73. That's quite a lot. 260. You're looking at a striker, a warning for winger, ratio. attacking player. What, what were the assists? 18. Sounds like a striker, that. Okay. But you've next, obviously... Next one, I've guessed. Yeah. I paid for six clubs in the Championship while also having three spells in the Premier League. Three spells? Yes. That's not a definitive clue. I, was, I wasn't overly sure. I know he's had at least two, but I couldn't find the third one. But I know he... So he's had spells in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice to know you've put research into this. I did. You saw me. I was going to say Billy Sharp because he's had spells in the Premier League. But I think he scored more than that. I'll go with Billy Sharp anyway. It's not Billy Sharp. No. My career in England started in 2001 at Stockport County. And uh, my career finished at Hibs in 2012. Grant Holt. No. It's a good oh, guess though. Was it. Good I guess. That but was it. 2012, Grant Holt was in the Premier League at that point. He did have a spell at Hibs, though, didn't he? He did. Oh, I thought he had that. I scored a career-high 20 league goals in, two, in the 2004-2005 season, striking up a partnership with a well-known former England forward. Hang on, say that again, please. I scored a career-high 20 league goals in the 2004-2005 season, striking up a partnership with a well-known former England forward. Is this in the Championship? Yeah. 20, 2004, 2005. I keep going back to the hips thing. And I do vaguely remember someone playing for hips, but I can't remember who it is. Now I'm trying to think of former England forwards who played in the championship. And somebody like Robbie Fowler comes to mind, but wow. I don't think he was in the Premier League. I think he was still in the Premier League yeah. at that point. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. Next question. I may as well put that out, I guess. Ricky Lambert. No. That's a terrible guess. Sorry. I lost in the playoffs in the 2004-2005 season. And then following that, I joined Blackburn Rovers in 2005. In the summer of 2005. What was the clue before that again? So I lost in the playoffs. No, the clue before that one. Oh, I, well, I scored a career-high 20 league goals in 2004-2005. So it was this season that you scored 20 goals? Yeah. Okay, can, now I can read that one again. I lost in the playoffs in the semi-finals okay. and then joined Blackburn on a free. You scored 20 goals and then joined Blackburn? Blackburn in the Premier League at this point. I feel like I should know this. This is like one of my favourite like Premier League sides of recent years, is that team. That Blackburn team? Oh, it's a good team. I know Benny McCarthy was... I think that was the season he joined. It's not Benny McCarthy. It's not Benny McCarthy. <laughs> Just wanted to make that clear. Oh, this is frustrating. <sighs> mm, <laughs> I don't know. How many clues have I got left? You've got one clue left. You're joking. Oh. I'm going to give you 0.5 of a clue before moving on to my next clue. Is he definitely a striker? Definitely. He's got 20 goals. Yeah, he's a striker. Play for Blackburn. Am I going insane? Don't get hung up on the Blackburn thing. This is his first Premier League move. But I feel like I should know it if he played for Blackburn. He probably should. Shall I, shall I move on to, the, to on. the last clue? Okay, so I lost in the playoffs to West Ham that season. So it's Preston. To West Ham in the semi-final. Because Preston... Oh, okay. 
Because Preston lost in the final, didn't they? Preston beat Derby in that. Okay. I have a very well-known celebration. Okay, I think I know who it is, but I'm not confident Ooh, enough to say okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Okay. Is he British? No. I don't want to say it because I'm not sure if it's true. I'm not sure if it's him. Go on. Is it Chef Kikuchi? It is! <laughs> what? He started his career at Stockport. No, his career in England started right. in Stockport. I was going to say, I was thinking British strikers from the north. No. He went to Stockport, Chef Wednesday, and then Ipswich. He played for Stockport? That is a... The one they're in the league, so... Yeah. You, you forget Stockport were a football league club. Yeah. Oh my God, that was nerve-wracking. But that Blackburn team... Cucci, um, Benny McCarthy. What team was it he moved from in the championship? Ipswich. They left on a free. Of course. Darren Bent went to Charlton, then Ipswich. I haven't been the same since then. I completely forgot he was at Ipswich because he's played for a lot of clubs. Yeah, he's probably his best belt was at Ipswich. Sheffield Cucci is a championship legend. He is. He is fucking awesome. He was. He's he's one of those rare players who, as far as I'm aware. Is like to every club he's been at. Yeah, he had a loan spell at Derby, and I absolutely loved him. I was good yeah. when he got when he went back to, I think, it was yeah, Palace. Absolute Palace. legend. Thank you for enlightening my day by bringing Chef Kikuchi back into my mind. Justin, what a fabulous episode this has been. It's been lovely. We've had no football, but we have soldiered on without it. We've, yeah, and we look We've forward to welcoming it back next week. I can't wait. I cannot wait. We'll see you next Sunday. Oh, we'll probably have another second tier meets this week as well, hopefully. We had one last week. If you haven't heard it already, it's with Ben James from View from the Ninian. We spoke about Neil Warnock. Mm -hmm. And where Cardiff go next? We also spoke a bit about Neil Harris. This was before he was appointed. But you can hear the Cardiff fans' perspective of what they make of the Neil Warnock departure. Mm -hmm. So you can listen to that. It's in your podcast feed. We'll be back maybe in midweek, but we'll definitely be back on Sunday with a new episode. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Thank you,